peoples of the Worldwide Federated Internet, what's good? You know, it definitely is good or have has been good to record videos daily as much as I can. Sometimes I can't get to it in the past couple of days. That's pretty much what happened. I couldn't really get to the videos like I wanted to, but it's definitely enjoyable recording videos. Now, this is going to be one of my intro stories where I tell you something that's, I guess, sort of irrelevant to you. I went in the music store today, as I often do. Since I've started podcasting, it's it's brought out a side of me that I really haven't seen in a couple years. I really get into audio. Um, for those who don't know, I, I enjoy audio. Half the times when I listen to podcasts, I'm listening to the different voice inflections trying to hear what type of processing is used in the production of the podcast. I want to know what mic they're using. I'm learning the different characteristics of different mics, how they sound, what they do to a voice, what voice they work good with. Here's a little tidbit, a little bit of a little bit of information for those looking to start a podcast. I know most people gravitate toward microphones that everyone uses. My advice would be to people, I'm not a, I'm not a perfect audio guy. So I want to set that straight right out the gate because I know there's some who listen to my podcast and pick apart the audio. You should do this. You should do that. You could do this or could do that. And I understand. I don't have a problem with that. But one of the issues I had when I started podcasting is I almost felt like I needed the same mic everyone else was using. And what you have to realize is everyone's voice is different. Your voice may respond differently to a certain microphone. This is kind of, again, and I, I say this a lot. This is inside baseball stuff to us audiophiles. I like a particular sound on my voice. And there are some sounds I don't like on my voice. And there are some great mics that are industry standard mics that I am not necessarily fond of that sound for me, though I appreciate that sound. So I went in the music store, was talking to the guy who owned the store. I go in often just looking at different gear and we were talking about microphones and I told him my podcast, we had a short conversation about that, talked about microphones and audio. And he was like, man, you really, you really get into this. It's like, yeah, I'm a bit of an audiophile. But for those who want to start a podcast, Start with whatever mic you have, whatever camera you have, and before you feel the necessity to go out and buy the same expensive gear everyone uses, right? The same thing that someone else uses, look up some reviews, a bunch of different reviews on a bunch of different microphones, listen to yourself on some good headsets not just open air audio, either good headsets or if you have some studio monitor speakers, 
If you don't know what I'm talking about, you don't have them. Just get some decent headsets. Listen to yourself on that. And you will begin to realize and figure out what you need and what you don't need for your audio. That was such a sidetrack intro, but my audio files out there will definitely understand because this actually, I think, prevents a lot of people from starting a podcast. It almost prevented me from starting this podcast because at first I was like, well, I don't have this and I don't have that. And if you listen to my first episodes, the audio is atrocious. It's not perfect now. And I'm constantly tweaking and trying to figure out what I can do to get better. But those first couple episodes, I almost deleted them from YouTube. The only reason I keep those videos up is to see the progression. But the audio quality was atrocious. Like I think to myself, how did you listen back to this and think this was good to release? Kind of hilarious. Anyway, the Gospel of John, chapter 18. Let's get into this. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over the brook Kedron, where was a garden into the which he entered and his disciples. And Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place for Jesus oftentimes resorted thither with his disciples. So this Judas would know where to find them at this time. I don't think this was done on accident. This was on purpose. We know what was coming. We know that the Lord Jesus Christ prayed and let his disciples know pretty much that his hour was come. And he started preparing them in the last couple chapters for what was to come. And I also believe that the Lord Jesus Christ went to this uh, place often with his disciples. So when this time did come and Judas went to look for the Lord Jesus Christ, this would be arguably one of the first places he would look, right? Which I believe is why the Bible mentioned that they went here often. Judas, having received a ban of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees cometh thither with lanterns and torches and weapons. Nothing is mentioned on accident in the Bible. So I was like, okay, they're bringing weapons for the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's think about this. Up until this time, the Lord Jesus Christ showed no physical aggression to the Sadducees, Pharisees, and the high priests. Uh, I don't think he would have given them any reason to, to think that he was going to do something to them. I don't think they had a reason to think that. Now, this is what you're hearing right now is just me thinking things out, trying to understand why did they bring weapons? Now, it's very hugely possible it's because they knew that the disciples were armed and they didn't know exactly what would be done or what would be carried out if they came to take up Jesus. I am not going to get into the side note of weapons and self-defense and all of that because I know a lot of people 
they get into these verses and they get into those arguments. I'm, I try not to get into those side arguments. I'm not afraid and I'm not running away from what I believe about these issues. I do not. I do not believe you have a biblical requirement to abstain from defending yourself if you want to know what I believe. Nor do I believe you have a biblical license to go around like Rambo looking to hurt someone. If you're a follower of Christ, that is antithetical to to what Christ stands for, what Christ preached and what we find in the Bible. I just wanted to get that out just to clear that, because I know if you read past these verses. Some would probably expect that that's what you would deal with. And I don't really. I don't I don't believe these are necessarily the best places to deal with that. Not that you can't deal with those issues from this place. I just don't think it's the best place to deal with that from. So anyway, were were they afraid of what the disciples would do if they came to take up Jesus? That's a possibility. There's another possibility, and I, I've been listening through this chapter and the, the proceeding chapters for the past couple days. And I asked myself some questions as I was listening and I picked up on some things that I'll get into later on, maybe in another video that I didn't pay attention to before, which, which makes me think it's possible. This is a possibility. So the Lord Jesus Christ, and I've said this, when you think of who he is, his words did not fall on deaf ears. On deaf ears. When the Lord Jesus Christ spoke, when he preached, I am convinced that the men, women, children, and whoever was in earshot knew what they were hearing was unadulterated truth. In my opinion, it was undeniable. So these men who are coming to take up the Lord Jesus Christ, one, I don't think the men who were with Judas had ever seen the Lord Jesus Christ personally. I believe they had heard of his teaching and I believe they had heard different things from different people. They would have heard from their leaders, the Pharisees and the high priests and religious leadership at the time. They would have heard negative things about the Lord Jesus Christ. Then they would have also heard about the miracles, raising the dead, the blind seeing, the lame walking, right? Devils being cast out, things that they've never heard of before up until this point. So this is, a, this is if they didn't know anything else of the Lord Jesus Christ, never having seen him, no matter what the, the Pharisees, the high priests, and the religious crowd at the time said to them, in their mind, they had to know whoever this is, regardless of what the Pharisees are saying, this is a person with power. So they would have been, and rightfully so, fearful. And, and I think that's probably one of the reasons, along with other reasons, that they, that they brought weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and saith unto them, whom seek ye? When I got here, 
I didn't I didn't go too deep trying to break this down. I didn't I didn't go looking up a bunch of things that other people said. I don't have a problem with that. I just decided not to at this point. I just wanted to kind of think through this. Read it, take the Bible at face value. It says what it says and go from there. So he knew what they were coming for. It's not a surprise to him. So he asked them the question, whom seek ye? So this is where I start asking questions. Why did he ask that? It's obvious he didn't ask that question because he didn't know who they were seeking. In this same verse, it says he knowing all things that should come upon him. He knows exactly what, why they're there and who they're coming for. Why did he ask the question? Did he ask this question for them and not for him? Then answered, uh, they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus saith unto them, I am he. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. As soon then as he said unto them, I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground. At first reading of this, now I'm and I'm I'm not saying this is not a a supernatural thing. I'm I'm not saying that I'm not making a statement that you know it was only a natural reason why they fell and it wasn't supernatural. I don't know at this point, but the one thing I do know is these men were fearful. They brought swords, right? You, you don't bring if if they were coming to. Uh, collect up someone who they thought was no threat, passive, and they could just come do what they you know needed to do now. So it was a band of men. They were officers. So more than likely, the officers probably always carried uh, carried weapons. Maybe not. I don't know. But I think it mentioned that they had weapons because they were fearful. They did not know what was going on. And it was a band of them. Right. So they, they 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 made sure they came with some numbers. Why did they fall back? Was it because they were fearful about the unknown that they didn't know what was going to happen after they encountered the Lord Jesus Christ again? You have to think to yourself, these men have heard the stories. Imagine you are a a police officer. And you're being sent to apprehend a man who has murdered, let's say, 20 people. And he did it by himself. And he did it in circumstances that don't even make any human sense. You're going, you're searching for him, you're asking people for IDs. And imagine you roll up on this guy and he pretty much tells you, yeah, I'm the dude you're looking for. Probably going to be some some uh, uh, a sense of fear, a heightened sense of fear immediately. And it's probably going to take you back a little bit. Now, at this time, magnify that by 10,000, 10 billion. And imagine talking to the Lord Jesus Christ, 100 percent man, 100 percent God. The words he just utters to you, who are you looking for? We're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. I'm him. I'm the person you're looking for. You're going to be heightened, terrified right out the gate with all of the stories that you heard. Cast out devils, lame to walk, raise the dead, walked on water. You're hearing all of these stories and you're like this. This man has power, whoever he is. 
And I'm I'm convinced that that's one of the reasons why they fell back like that. And more than likely, I cannot prove this, but more than likely, it was also the fact that they're talking to the Lord Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And he just uttered to them, I am he. I don't know what was going on in their hearts. I can assume my assumptions may be off base. But I believe a lot of people. I would I would venture to say all of the people who were under the hearing of the Lord Jesus Christ, whether they whether they rebelled against the things he was saying or not. I'm convinced that they knew that he spoke in truth. And namely, the the high priests and the religious crowd, they willingly rebelled against him, knowing that the things he was saying was true. So that said, probably in these men's hearts, they feared what they didn't know. They had every inclination that the Lord Jesus Christ was exactly who he claimed to be. And now they're here to apprehend him. They were terrified. That's what I think. That doesn't make me right. That doesn't make me right. I'm just telling you what I think about this situation. And I also think that these men had never seen the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, clearly Judas knows who he is, but he comes up on them and he says, who do you seek? They say Jesus of Nazareth, right? If they knew who he was, then they would have said, you, we are here for you. But they didn't know. Then ask he them again, whom seek ye? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I have told you that I am he. If therefore ye seek me, let these go their way. I'm going to close with this. And it's going to go into this in the next verses. So we'll come up on this Lord willing in my next video. But do you, do you ever stop to think how miraculous it is that when the Lord Jesus Christ was crucified, none of his disciples were crucified with him. None of his disciples were put to death. All of them went on their way. You ever stop to think about how miraculous that is? Think about the uproar that he caused. Think about all of the things that the Sadducees and the Pharisees had to say about him. Their their dislikes of the things he said, their criticisms of his doctrine, knowing that what he was teaching was truth, is truth. And none of his disciples, the people who followed along with him, was crucified. Think I can't even fathom that you're 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 in concert, you're supporting, you're working with a person who everyone wants to see put to death. Clearly, you believe what he believes. He is captured. You're let loose. And you're not put to death with him. That's miraculous. I don't know about you. That might be a simple thing to you. It might be something that you don't think is really that miraculous. But in my opinion, that is insanely miraculous. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.